0: Hello, everyone. (laughs) Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited for today's guest. We have Jared here. Jared is a really good friend of mine. He is the founder of Zendrop. He's a podcaster, he's an e commerce guy. He does it all and he's just really into personal development and spirituality as I am as well. Jared was actually at the Dr. Joe DeSpenza event with me back in January of this year. So we're definitely into the same things. And he's been on the podcast many times before um, over the years. And we've really developed a friendship since I first met him three years ago, I think. And he's really, really close to me now. And I'm really happy to have him on. And he's a hub of knowledge. So welcome, Jared. Thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah, I think the the first or the second time you had me on was for a selfish reason, right? You were looking to build your e-commerce business. Yeah. Then you (laughs) killed two birds with one stone and had me on here and asked me a bunch of questions.
0: Yeah. So the first podcast we ever did together, I swear, I, I saw one of your ads. On Facebook, because back in the day, Jared was doing a lot of ads on Facebook to promote his like e-commerce courses and stuff. So I remember being targeted by one of those ads and being like, "Oh, this guy seems cool." Um, I like I'm looking for podcast guests. It was back when the podcast first started. Let me reach out to him. And then we, so we, did our first episode and, um, I remember I was like at my grandma's house in Toronto visiting and we did it when I was, well, it was virtual, but I was in my grandma's place in Toronto. I don't know why I remember that so clearly, but, uh, yeah, it was a great conversation. And then. Um, about a year or so later, I reached out to you again and I was like, hey, like I'm starting my e-commerce store. This was like this thing I tried for a couple months called Blushy. I don't know if some of the listeners remember, but like I was going to start like a health and wellness e-commerce store. Ended up just not working out. Um but I wanted to pick Jared's brain. So I was like, I don't know this guy that well, but I really want to know his, what he, what he thinks about this. And I have so many questions. So maybe I'll have him on the podcast again. And I guess I was very transparent because I was just being so selfish, but yeah, that's our story. And then since then we've gotten really close. Um, we're very like, we're into the same stuff. Um, we see each other very often when i'm um either like in miami or la or wherever i don't know where texas texas Austin, no. not la yeah everywhere around the world in london you, we met in london once and now both of our partners are friends too and um i'm going to your wedding next year so things are good yeah. we're we're friends <laughs> oh
1: yeah yeah no i'm happy to be back on here and I, we yeah we always have really like deep and interesting conversations so um always always excited to chat
0: yeah, absolutely. So I would just love to hear from my, you know, personal curiosity, how has your life changed since doing that Joe Dispenza event in January because it was pretty intense and transformative for both of us. We learned a lot. It was a very interesting experience. I'd love to hear your take on it and what you what 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 are the top things you gathered from going?
1: Yeah, I think that it really um more than anything kind of like opened my mind and you know, opened up uh, a new aspect of life. Like I was always into meditation and I always knew that, you know, meditation helps with focus, it helps make you feel better. Um, it's good for my business because it kind of calms my animal brain or whatever you want to call it. And um, so, you know, after reading the Joe Dispenza's book and learning about kind of frequencies and energies and things like that, the event was really interesting. Um, but I think you know going there and having some of those experiences, also, not to mention we were meditating like five to six hours a day, which is like for me, you know I would never do more than like thirty minutes, forty minutes on my own, so it was like getting years' worth of experience in a short amount of time but the mo- the biggest change for me, I think was kind of learning, um learning how you're frequencies and the the way you feel, your emotions affect your thoughts, and your thoughts affect your life and how your life is really the, the outcome of the way you feel. And then being able to make yourself feel that way through meditation, through kind of understanding how to feel abundance and how to not feel lack and how to feel like you're winning and how to feel like the best version of yourself, how that Somehow creates the thought patterns in your life, and um, that's probably the biggest thing that's changed for me is like just understanding that. Um, I haven't been picture perfect as far as like practicing every day, um, but you know it it opened my eyes to to what more is out there. Really,
0: yeah, absolutely. It was it was very interesting just to people watch at that event. We were like, wow, <laughs> like it was a lot of people there were. You know, their fifth event of his, and you know, really, really into the work. But yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I had experiences where like my whole body was shaking and vibrating just through my mind going into different like states. And actually, it's funny since doing that, you know, I do some of these hour-long, hour-and-a-half-long meditations, and my Whoop thinks I'm sleeping because it, my brain wave actually changes to the, the sleeping state, even though I'm wide awake. So. Yeah, it's really really um it's really crazy too and like the cool thing is that we would learn these concepts of how there's other dimensions that we can't necessarily perceive because we can't sense them in our three-dimensional world, which by the way, if you brought someone from 20 years ago and showed them an iPhone and showed someone that you could FaceTime someone in China in real time, they would think that was crazy too, but it kind of opened my eyes to that there's There are other dimensions that exist and you can kind of manifest what you want, whether it's health, whether it's money, whether it's adventure, whether it's uncertainty, you know, whether it's whatever it is, you can kind of manifest that through frequency. And there's just so much more to learn. So for me, it was a big eye opener.
0: Have you felt the shift in your life? Like, What have you manifested? If someone asks you, okay, you're into this work, what have you manifested in your life?
1: Yeah. So I guess a couple things. Um, the first time I actually really experienced like hardcore, let's call it manifestation, um, was after I went to my first UPW event, Tony yeah.
0: Robbins. Unleash the power within. Yeah. Tony Robbins. Yeah. yeah
1: and we did a really cool exercise and I was learning a lot about like, that was kind of my first break into personal development, learning a lot about how to get more energy and feel good and, you know, feel powerful, powerful and things like that. Um, but I remember vividly, I was at the event, um, and we did a really cool exercise, where you know we got into a meditative state. And the goal was to imagine yourself as someone who loves you or cares about you. So like someone who has only good intentions for you. And you imagine yourself as this person. I picked my aunt because my aunt always roots for me and she has no ill intentions and she's a sweet person. So I imagine myself as my aunt walking into, walking up to my house and looking in the driveway and admiring the cars and feeling so proud of me. And then you know, walking up, the, up the, to the front door and looking at the door and how nice it is, and, you know, walking into the house and looking at the pictures on the wall of my future family and feeling so proud and feeling so good. And it's like a 10 minute exercise where you're just admiring what your future life is like and you're feeling it, right? And you walk up the stairs and you go into the bedroom and you're admiring, you know, how nice the bed is and the view and the balcony. And you walk into the bathroom and you look in the mirror and it, it was you the whole time. So you look at yourself and like, that was the first time I I really like visualized what I want my life to look like and feel like, and then crazy. So, so I went through that and we were actually living in Los Angeles at the time. This is about six years ago and I was doing all right with business. You know, I was, I had, uh, I was going out to China. I was bringing products in, I was doing a bunch of things. Um, but the day after the event was over, we were moving to Florida. So we had about a five day drive and you know we went through this practice and I, you know I was feeling really good and we got on the drive and my e-commerce business literally like totally shifted on this drive so like you know the store was doing about $1000 a day in sales on day 1 it did 2000 the next day it did like 7000 then it did 15000 then 30000 by the time i got to florida my store was doing $50000 a day and which was like which was life changing for me and what was cool is I, I believe the way the, the manifestation was, well, this is just my belief, so I'm still proving it to myself, and still learning, but I believe I tapped into that frequency of really, you know, having like a, a higher energy and on the drive, I was just getting all these thoughts, they so were almost like downloads, it was coming from a place of, of abundance and I was thinking all these things and I was driving, so I wasn't distracted, I wasn't on social media, I wasn't, you know, doing all the things that I'd be doing if I was sitting at home. And I was, you know, making phone calls to the people that were doing the media buying and the support and all this stuff. And, you know, during that drive, like my whole business exploded. And then like about a month later, I actually had the car that was in my vision. When I was picturing myself as my aunt, it was a, a gray Lamborghini. And mind you, when I you know started this, I had a net worth of like, you know, 25, 50 grand. Like I didn't have much money. And then, literally, like a month later, I had the car that was in my vision and my business exploded. So, that was my first kind of experience with manifestation. And that's what, and I, I, you know, I, I was always hesitant to tell people about it because it sounds so like out there. Right. But the more I think about it, and the more, you know, we go to events like this Joe Dispenza event, the more you realize that there is more out there to learn. And if you just ignore it and, and, you know, write it off as like, Oh, that's weird. That's not cool. Then you're just missing out on so much more to life. So that was my first experience with manifestation.
0: What an epic story that is instant, you know, like you, you put it out to the universe or you, you know, embodied this energy of your future and everything reacted instantly. So that's something that I also love to to say when I talk about this work, it's like, it can happen really quickly. Yeah. It doesn't have to take long. So rid yourself of the belief that it has to take long, that you need to go through a certain uh, journey to get what you want. You need to work insanely hard to get what you want, which obviously you do. And we're both hard workers, but be open to the fact that it could happen really quickly, really effortlessly.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great mind like frame of mind to be in is just knowing that the universe and the world we live in is full of abundance and it doesn't have to be hard. It's just that so much of the content and the media out there, you know, has a direct correlation between working really hard and getting things. But it's actually like the if you work easy and you you focus more on being happy and in a high energy state, then you start to you know and if you stick to your work right if you're disciplined then you start building confidence and you're feeling good and then you see more opportunities because when you when you have confidence then your whole perspective changes you see opportunities everywhere so mm-hmm. yeah yeah another thing too like at the Joe Dispenza event we were you know doing a lot of really cool deep meditations about our future selves and uh one of the mornings i woke up i went down i got a coffee and i like I just had another download of like all these thoughts. And I I filled up like 8 pages of a notebook with a business plan of like how to kind of keep growing my career. So, you know, it's it's definitely real.
0: Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that that's we both had very interesting experiences for sure. And uh yeah, you know, when you're in that flow state, you just it, you say downloads. Like you're just getting information that you've never once thought of and you're you know, you're just seeing through a new lens. Like you're seeing a bigger picture. You're seeing your life through completely new set of eyes, but I want to go back quickly to, um, it doesn't need to be hard to get what you want. Cause I know a lot of people listening are like, Oh, like, then why haven't I gotten it? You know, I always thought to myself, even, you know, back in the day, me, like I always thought to myself that you had to work really, really hard to get what you want. But then I started seeing things happen. Like I would work really hard towards something and not get what I wanted in that situation. And then something else I'd be more in flow state and it would just be coming to me. But I want to talk about, you know, it being part of your self-image to work hard? Cause you are a hard worker and you're like, no one would ever say, Oh, Jared's lazy. He doesn't, you know, put energy towards his work. You put a lot of energy towards your work. You're not lazy, but how do you kind of balance the two of working hard, working smart, and also just like allowing it to come into your life. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think like most of us focus our energy on like, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? Even if we're not in a great state, you know, A lot of people don't really know how to get themselves into a great state, you know, starting their day out. And you're focused so much on like, what do I need to do? And you're also simultaneously focused on like, why don't I have what I want? Right. So when you're trying to focus on what you need to do, there's a direct correlation with focusing on why don't I have what I want yet? Right. Because how do I get there? Why don't I have it? And what you're doing is you're attracting the energy of not having what you want which manifests more of not having what you want. So rather than focusing so much on what you need to do, you know, I always say you should focus more on who you need to be. And then the thoughts that you need to get to where you want to go, they come to you naturally. So it's like if you could focus more on who you need to be, whether it's more compassionate or kind or a better listener, you know, or more disciplined, or you, you know, you have to be the person that will become, will will get what you want, but you focus on you. And that's a lot easier because it's not stressful. It's not like, how do I, you know, how do I go make $50,000 this month? Like, you know, you're focusing on, why don't I have $50,000 this month? Rather, what kind of person would make $50,000 this month? What type of person would be able to make smart investments? So if you put that energy in like, okay, you know, I should, I should have a morning routine. I should meditate. You know, I should be nicer to people. I should call my grandparents because, you know, and share, and share love. And when you be when you become your future self, then you automatically get what you want. But so many people are focused on what do I need to do and not so much on who I need to be. I think that's where a big shift needs to happen.
0: So well said. So in that car ride when you were effortlessly manifesting your business growth, were you looking at the sales and kind of feeling to yourself, like, I knew this was going to happen. It's just part of my identity. Or were you like, holy shit, what?
1: No, <laughs> I was definitely more of a holy shit, what? Um, it was funny. I was like, it was Madeline and I were driving and it was like, you know, the day I hit 15K, I was like, Madeline, like, look at my Shopify sales. Like I did $15,000 in sales today. And I'm like, don't tell anyone about this. This is like, this is too good to be true. And the next day I was like, you know, Thirty-five thousand. The next, by the day, I hit fifty thousand dollars in sales. I was just like, you know, thank whatever higher power, you know, gave this to me. But it's got to be too good to be true. Um, but then it, it just kept going. So then it became my identity. So it was, it was, it was. I wasn't like expecting it by any means. Like it still shocked me.
0: Okay, but, I but it wasn't think- your identity yet. So Not maybe yet. by doing the visualization work, you just planted that seed into whatever it is out there that helps, you know, align you in the physical world with what you, with what you want. And you planted the seed.
1: It was exactly. It's planting the seed. It's like visualizing it, feeling it, tapping into that emotional and frequency that you need to be in and then just surrendering it because most, at least in my life, most of my, you know, quote unquote accomplishments, they, they haven't happened in the way that I would expect them to. And oftentimes like we have expectations and if they're not met in the short term, we get discouraged. We get upset. You know, we get frustrated. And I still do too today. It's not like I'm by any means perfect. If, if things aren't going the way I expect them to, I still get frustrated. But having gone through that experience, I do have more belief in the process now. So rather than like, you know, wanting something, expecting it a certain way, if it doesn't happen that way, getting frustrated, attracting that frustrated energy into your life, and then attracting more frustration into your life, you just have to know that if you could tap into who you need to be on a daily basis, like the universe will work for you to get there, and it won't be the way you expect it to. Like I didn't expect that ride to happen. I didn't. I had. I had no expectations of that, but it was a great starting point for you know. As I'm growing now, to when I feel those frustrations, to remember, like I know that it's not supposed to happen the way that I expected to. I know that. And it's just, it's a constant game and a constant battle. And it's constantly you against you, right? It doesn't just go away, but just knowing that little piece of knowledge is, in my my eyes, a game changer.
0: For sure. So did you ever struggle with that victim mentality of, I can't do it? I'm, you know, I wasn't brought up in, in a wealthy household, you know, because you, you definitely had an upbringing where you maybe weren't set up for to be like a millionaire as you are now, you know what I mean? Like you, you struggled when you were younger, maybe you want to maybe share a little bit about that if you're comfortable and then um, talk about how you trained yourself to have this empowered mindset versus the victim mindset.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, if you think about it, we all have millions of thoughts and experiences growing up that shape our reality on the world, right? Your perception is your reality. And my perception is different than your perception. Your perception is different than someone else's perception. And that's why there's oftentimes a divide amongst us. But, um, you know, we all have limiting beliefs, right? Like I grew up with a single mom in a one-bedroom apartment, an only child. My mom always worked two to three jobs. So subconsciously, I believed that you need to, you know, work two to three jobs to be able to afford a one-bedroom apartment. Like that was like my subconscious, but then there was part of me that saw other people not living like that. So I knew it was possible, but my limiting beliefs told me it's not possible for me because I didn't come from money or because I wasn't smart enough, or I didn't have a mentor or whatever those beliefs were. So I knew it was possible for others, but I didn't know it was possible for me. So it became the game of outperforming those beliefs. So, all, those beliefs are going to always be there until you outperform them. So for me, it was like once I achieve something beyond what I, what I subconsciously believed was possible, I outperform those beliefs. And then it's just a series of continuously outperforming those beliefs across your life. I still have limiting beliefs. I still don't believe, you know, I'm going to be as rich as Jeff Bezos, right? Like, which I most likely almost guaranteed won't be because he's the richest man in the world. But the point is, I still have limiting beliefs like, you know, um, I won't be able to take my company public, even though I see other people doing it and I know it's possible. So I'm going to have to keep working at it and, and being the person I need to be to do the things I need to do until it happens. And I overcome those beliefs. And then over time you grow, right? Which grows your confidence, which makes you see more opportunities. You know, if you think about like Elon Musk, for example, he didn't just, you know, he wasn't 18 years old and he's like, oh, I'm going to build Tesla. Yep. He had to go through all these different things first, build this company, then that company and build up the confidence to be able to go after something like that. So I, I I, strongly believe that your experiences create your limiting beliefs. And it's a constant battle of just continuously outperforming them. And that that's like the game of life in my eyes.
0: For sure. What do you think is the biggest catalyst has been for you and your success and your personal growth. So both your monetary success and personal success.
1: Yeah. I think, and more recently I've realized this is, um, is discipline because like, we all know we all have like access to unlimited knowledge, right? Like, how do you feel better? How do you be healthier? You know, how do you get more fit? How do you Like we know, right? You can go on YouTube and search this stuff. You can listen to a podcast and do this stuff, right? And you can even sit down and write out your ideal routines. This is what I'm going to do. But then there's that part of you. And and I also think like the smarter you are, like the higher IQ you have, like the stronger your brain is and your mind is and convincing you not to do those things. So like, you know, it's just a matter of being disciplined. That's the catalyst, I think. And it's like, it's little things. You know, if you say you're going to wake up at a certain time for five days of the week, like if you don't, right, if you, you go, you do Monday, you do Tuesday, but you don't do Wednesday, then you start to believe in yourself less because you're like, oh, I couldn't even do this for myself. And then what does that do? That, that starts to diminish your self-confidence. You say, I'm going to work out five days a week, but you do it three. And there's a balance too. It's like, don't be too hard on yourself, right? And, and bounce back. But knowing the diminishing returns you get from not being disciplined is important. Because, you know, if if you wake up, you know, Wednesday, you hit snooze and you don't work out, now your own perspective on yourself, you start to think, you know, I'm I'm not the type of person that can do these simple things for myself. So when an opportunity comes your way, you don't have the confidence to go after it. You might get on a, you might cheat yourself on a day. And then have the biggest business opportunity of your life show up at your doorstep that day, but you don't have the confidence to attack it. You're like, subconsciously, oh, I can't do this. I couldn't even do what I told myself I was going to do. So discipline has a compounding effect on confidence. And confidence is what develops your opportunistic mindset in, in all aspects of life. So I think the catalyst becomes discipline at a simple level.
0: I completely agree. So how do you build your discipline muscle? What are you, like, what have you done with yourself? How, like, just, just doing it? Like, do you have any tips for people?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think everyone thinks that all successful people have no problem being disciplined. Like, oh, that guy is successful. So like, you know, waking up in the morning is not hard for him. It's hard for me, but it's not mm-hmm. hard. For, no, it's hard. It's really hard. But it's just—it's a matter of taming your mind. Your mind could be your best friend, and it could be a tool, or it could be your worst enemy, and it could be the devil on your shoulder that's telling you, "Don't do this." You didn't get enough rest last night. Blah 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 blah. So there are some things that make it easier to be disciplined. You know, setting yourself up for success the night before. Right? You say you're going to go and uh, go for a run in the morning. Well, if you wake up and you don't have a glass of water next to your bed, I'm talking about for me. I don't have a glass of water next to my bed. Um, if my, my clothes, I didn't pick out my clothes yet. If I don't know where my AirPods are, you know, um, if I don't know how far I'm running, I'm going to wake up and my brain's going to be like, oh, that's way too much work. It's not worth it. Even though it's not that much work, but you're not the same version of yourself in the morning when you wake up as you were, when you decided you wanted to be disciplined. So setting yourself up for success, you could do that in many areas, know you can lay out your clothes get a glass of water you know put out your notebook if you're going to journal whatever it is set yourself up for it and then it's just science like the longer you do something for the easier it becomes so like getting you know we both read the 5am club and we're both big fans of robin sharma and you know he talks about um i don't remember exactly what it is but there's like 66 days that it takes to form a habit and the first 20 days are hard 22 days The second 22 days are like even harder. And then the third 22 days are like weird. So you just have to get yourself through that. And the other thing is too, don't stack too many habits up at once. So it's like you have to build the habits over time. If you're the type that's waking up at 10 o'clock every morning, you know, eating cereal, like watching TV, going to work, and like you don't have a routine at all, like start with one thing. Start with the getting up part, then throw in the exercise you know, then throw in the meditation and do it over a year. And then once you could do that for yourself, then you build up that confidence muscle. Then you can start doing more habits. So I guess to to recap, it's just a matter of set yourself up for success and then, you know, stack habits on top of each other and just stick to each one and, and understand that you're doing yourself a major disservice by letting your mind convince you that it's not worth doing the thing that you want to do.
0: Totally. Have you read Atomic Habits?
1: Uh, Madeline's actually reading that right now.
0: Oh, you got to read it after her. It's okay. really good. It it's talks about really it, that good. kind of stuff? Yeah, no, like you're going to be obsessed. Ben actually just started reading it too because I was raving about it. Um, it's it's one of the top five books that I would recommend right now. Cool. Trust me, right. you'll love it. And this the the author, James Clear, is so smart. He's He talks about discipline, talks about habits. He talks about you know, habit stacking. And it's the whole psychology behind habit. It's so interesting. You got to read it.
1: And it's good to read things like that, too, that like reinforce your views. Right. It's like, oh, somebody else said it's definitely true now. It's not just what I believe.
0: Yeah. And just like reading how someone else would describe it. Like I read books on personal development success from many different authors in many different ways. I reread them, even if it's the same topic just learning about it from a different person's perspective, like maybe the way that they word something will just stick with me, even though I already knew that was a fact. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, okay. So tell me more, what's your morning routine? What are some top things that you do daily that if you don't do them, you don't feel like your best self? Like what yeah. are some negotiables you got to do daily?
1: For sure. Um, so some kind of exercise in the morning not like a, I I typically do like two workouts a day, but like the morning one is not super hard, but at least like burns off my cortisol, gets a sweat going, gets my endorphins going. Um, you know, a 20 minute Peloton class or like go run a mile and do like 50 pushups and 50 pull-ups or something just to get the juices flowing. Um, you know, I, I kind of fluctuate on like when I wake up, but if I tell myself I'm getting up at a certain time, I am. I'm not going to tell myself how I'm going to do it and then not do it. But like, for example, at this stage in my life right now, like this month, I've just been focusing on getting at least eight hours of sleep. So depending on what I do the night before, I'm waking up at like between six or seven. Um, first thing is just, I, I've been using a tongue scraper. I I interviewed someone on my podcast that told me about how like overnight your body detoxifies, a lot of toxins go in your tongue. So before I even drink water, I use a tongue scraper. Um, chug a bunch of water. That's a, 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 you know, demand. Um, Exercise, burn off the cortisol, get the endorphins going. You start to feel more powerful, right? Um, And then I'll typically come back inside, pour myself a cup of coffee, um, either journal or just like sit out back and like be in nature and in peace and just feel gratitude, things like that. Um, And then from there, well, I have, you know, I, I, I built out a, uh, like a meditation spa room in the house. So I'll go sit in the sauna for like 20 minutes and then I'll hit a cold plunge for like two minutes. And then I'm like, that's it. I'm great for the day. And I, I don't use my phone, uh, at all in the morning. And I think that's like a norm, you know, that's the norm. Now everyone talks about that. Um, but it's like, your energy is so fragile in the morning Like especially when you first you're so impressionable when you first get up that like you might look at Bitcoin and it's down. And then you're like, you're subconsciously like I've had days where like I looked at my phone in the morning, my stock portfolio was down, Bitcoin was down, I got an email I didn't like, and then like I put my phone back down, I did my routine, and then like three hours later, I just felt anxiety. And I'm like, why do I feel this ambient feeling of discomfort? I don't even know why. And it's like, well. Cause I impressed myself with these things first thing in the morning. So not using my phone, because typically you're most of the time you're not going to like wake up and look at something on your phone that like gets you in a great mood. And it's not worth the risk because you got like a 70% chance that it's going to be something that's like bad news or something is going to like throw you off. So no phone. Um, and then I, I go on a, a walk with Madeline and the two dogs. We have like a nice trail behind the golf course. It takes us 30 minutes and it's just the time like, Sometimes I'll pop on my uh, my recorder on my phone and I'll just be talking and I'll be talking about through the thing, talking through the things I'm working on of the people I want to like, you know, reach out to that day and just naturally let my brain kind of dump its thoughts. Um, and that, yeah, that's my basic routine in a nutshell. And it changes sometimes, but. That's,
0: that's so interesting. That. I want to hear more about this. So you take out the voice memo on your phone and you'll just talk to yourself. Do you get it transcribed after or do you ever re-listen to them?
1: So actually, um, I'll be with Madeline and I'll be like, you know, talking about a business deal that I'm working on or like my travel plans. And then sometimes she'll take the recording and then like write out like notes for me, like actionables, um, because it's like, OK, maybe I have a business deal I'm working on. Right. And when you're when you think about something, it's really easy to kind of like think about it, but not think about it critically. Yeah. But when you start talking about it and then there's questions, it forces you to think more critically. For example, if you're if you're starting a business and you have the plan in your head and somebody's like, oh, you should make a business plan or a deck. And it's like, well, I already know what I need to do. Actually, if you make that business plan or that deck, you're going to find holes in your plan and then you're going to you know patch them up before you kind of turn the hose on. So for me, I'll record myself and I'll have a conversation about it. And then I always find myself going deeper and thinking of something else I wasn't thinking of when I did it. And then like the highlights, we just write them out. And if there's actionables, I do them. And if it's you know just something to re- reflect on, just writing it out kind of reinforces it.
0: Absolutely, that's so cool. I've never thought of that. It's kind of like journaling out loud.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess so. And it's like while you're on a walk in nature, it's it's uh yeah. And I like speaking too, so it's good for that's
0: me. Amazing. I love that. Go, Madeline, for helping you writing writing all that stuff down. She's amazing. Yeah.
1: Team, team players.
0: Seriously. I and okay, I want to talk about this as well because we often talk about it how both of our partners are perfect matches for both of us cuz we're like we're both different personalities. And um yeah, like do you have any relationship advice for people listening and finding the person for you cuz you're in a very healthy relationship and it's something everyone can relate to, I think, whether it's a romantic or just personal relationship.
1: Yeah, I think like oftentimes like we're You know, we find people that are like us, and then like you're, you know, you want to die. Oh, you're just like me, blah blah blah. But for me, at least, and I'm I'm by no means a relationship expert, but having that yin and yang, like having someone who's kind of opposite of you, is really important. Um, In my life, for example, like Madeline's very structured; she's very organized. Um, For example, we have like probably 15 plants in the house; they all need to be watered. If it was me, they would all be dead. Like like a week, Um, but we support each other. So like we know and and communicating are you know we've had very oftentimes we'll have the problem is sorry I'm kind of rambling here. The problem is like you'll have a vision of something in your head and they'll have a vision of something in their head, and if you don't talk, those visions grow and they expand and they get further and further away from each other. So when you start to see something that you're not happy with or something that like, I'll give an example. You know, we, it was after we got back from that uh, Joe Dispenza retreat, I wanted to like go record a podcast and Madeline wanted to, you know, hang out because I'd been gone for so long and it like kind of festered up and I was getting annoyed and she was getting annoyed, but then having a conversation without aggression with like, Hey, let's just lay it out and talk it through it starts to build a foundation of your relationship so you understand each other better. So like, you know, Madeline knows now, it, sometimes it doesn't look like I'm working hard, but I'm thinking a lot. And I need to keep myself in the right state of mind so that I could continue doing what I'm doing. But from an outside perspective, it might look like I'm, you know, taking walks around the block all day, not doing anything. But it's like communicating what makes me happy and what makes me thrive. And staying for her, communicating what makes her happy and what makes her thrive and then working on that life together, I think is really important to create a foundation for a long-lasting relationship.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Communication's key. Everyone says it; it's just the truth. Yeah, and someone that supports you. And about the plant thing, it's the same with Ben and I. You know, we're the yin and yang. It's the perfect mix because I'd kill someone <laughs> that was the same as me in a relationship. <laughs> literally just get so annoyed. (laughs) Yeah. But sometimes you have these
1: conversations and like you, you get emotional Yeah, and then you're, you're talking like, it's like a battle, but it's like, if you have a relationship, it's like, you know, it's a project that you have to work on together. So, you know, removing emotions from it and trying to talk more like direct to the problem, I think is key. (laughs) And that's something that a lot of people, at least that I've seen, like my friends that have been in relationships that didn't work out, they didn't really work on the problems. They more so just got angry at each other about them.
0: That's such a good point. I remember I follow all these like relationship therapists um, on Instagram, along with many other things. Um, It's one of the interests that I have. And I saw this quote that one of the therapists posted and it said, when you're in a fight with your partner, remember that it's not you versus them it's both of you versus the problem yeah that was so insightful and I I actually like Ben and I last fight we had like I said it and it really helped the conversation because we were approaching it differently afterwards
1: yeah I love that it's it's you're a team you got to be a team you got to support each other and it's also like it's important that each person in the relationship knows that you're responsible for making yourself happy and I'm responsible for making myself happy. And if you're doing things that are hindering my ability to make me happy, I'm going to tell you and vice versa. You can't rely on the other person to make you happy. If I'm miserable all the time, I can't blame Madeline that I'm miserable. I have to blame myself. If she's doing something that's feeding into me not being happy, I have to tell her I have to work on it together. But like, I think the number one thing is both being responsible for your own happiness.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, thank you so much, Jared. I can't believe it's already been 40 minutes. Um, This has been such a great convo and I always love chatting with you. Uh, Where can everyone find you? And when are you launching your podcast? Because I'll probably release this before you release our episode. But guys, we did an episode when I saw Jared when I was in Austin for his new podcast he's launching, which is going to be epic. So let us know about that.
1: Yeah, um, I've been a little bit of a ghost on social media for like the last year and a half, but I'm there. Uh, you can find me at Jared gets, um, my podcast is going to be released like close to the end of the year in November. So, um, you know, I'll be posting about it on my Instagram and things like that. So you can find me online, um, or just search my name and I'll come up somewhere. But, uh, yeah, this was a great combo.
0: Always a stimulating one. (laughs) Yes. Thank you.